0: and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us, and
1: enjoy today's show. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. This is Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT, ACT, and Cultural Transformation. We are mainline leaders. That's who we are, and we train leaders. We train executive. We train people who want to become executives and in leadership positions. And we train people to help create better cultures. And that's one of the things we're going to be discussing today. What does a not-so-great culture look like? And we'll be talking about some of the specifics today about that very thing. I'm here today with Rich Barron. He's my partner. Good to have you here today. Good seeing you here today. And I'm Michael Bailey. So let's kick this off. Let's get going. Rich, open up the door for us about, I should say, maybe this Pandora's box. About <laughs> toxic cultures in the workplace, all right? you know
0: that's we're talking about the results of neglected cultures, and really it creates a toxic environment. Neglecting culture can be seen in several ways, and some of some of the ways I think are really looking into this, and and Michael, we've talked about the stats. 75 percent of all companies fail change leadership because they don't understand how to really initiate culture and and how to keep this culture vibrant and alive and everybody you know bought into it um, one of the big things that we see is companies that they have a set of core values most companies do you know mission uh, vision mission purpose statement you know they have core values this is who we are but when you don't have everyone in the leadership, in senior leadership or even you know mid-level leadership or whoever it may be that is living that culture, because it's an assumption that because we've put a culture in place, we'll automatically, and we have these core purpose statements and the, these values that everybody is really living up to this. Culture is a top-down function. And if the top is not continually monitoring culture and making sure that it's a a culture of change, a culture of uh, everybody buying in and understanding of why we're doing the things that we're doing. Eventually, you you develop toxic political environments because everybody gets on a different page. They get into what's in it for me. You know, and that's that's really a, a problem. You know, core values are important to your culture, but they're only as good as the people who hold withhold those. Hold those up, keep those rolling, keep everybody understanding that this is who we are and this is how we live.
1: This is what, so what we're you're doing. really talking about is accountability. Oh, absolutely. Coming really down to that, okay, so one of the most interesting things that you CEOs can do. It's not easy. Maybe a few have done it, but I'll bet you most, ninety-nine percent of you have not. Get all your c level people in a room. Here's the values. Here's the values that we espouse as an organization, and then have each of those people define what that value means to them. Don't don't you don't know, just have them write it down. Don't don't talk about it. Have them actually write it down, and then. Talk about what it really means. What's the definition of that value? And then have them actually write down, when was the last time you made a decision based upon the values? And when did you make a decision last time that, were not, that was not based on the values? You're gonna have a very interesting conversation as you start opening that up and start sharing it. Because I'll guarantee you, most people will have very different definitions, if, if not on the values, but how to implement those values. And then when you start seeing that, then you'll start seeing where things are going awry in your own organization. That's what you're going to start seeing. So it's what you're saying. It starts at that C level. Do we all mean the same thing when we talk about these values? Do we all act in accordance with these values and the perceived meaning and significance of it? Because if you don't, if you can't even get it right at that level, <laughs> yeah. Ask yourself, what would you think anybody else in your organization is getting it right?
0: Oh, a- absolutely. And I wonder how often that happens. I would say not very often. Yeah, I don't think so. There, me, I, I tell you what, there's some some rock star CEOs and, out there that I guarantee have done that. have made sure that they've got, you know, everybody on their team understands this is who we are. And they instilled that throughout their uh, responsibility in the organization, because if you don't, and you assume that because it has been written on a board or it's posted on your wall someplace, and if you assume that everybody reads that and is following that, if they don't see that in you, then you're in for a big wake up call.
1: Yeah, that really—it's an interesting thing. Which starts to happen here is you talked about this. If you're neglecting that responsibility, right, as a CEO, and it's a neglect, it's a neglect. If you're doing that. What you're actually doing is you're fostering, not a uh, an organization of value and principles, you're actually fostering an organization of politics. Once you get into the politics, that's when you start seeing these rotten apples start forming, as you talked about, with their own agendas, about it's not about the company, it's all about me, and yep. they start protecting their information and their job and all that kind of stuff. That's what they actually start doing. So- in that, those communication silos, they're actually, cre- they are creating the toxicity as yeah. you as those, you know, that CEO or top level uh, group of C-level leaders, you're allowing it. Yeah, You're allowing it and you're enabling it. I'll give you an example. Give me an example. Just tonight, I had a conversation with a leader, uh, C-level guy, yeah, a fairly large organization about, uh, wow. Well, I should say it's a little smaller tonight. You know, it went from about like seven to six hundred. You know, and they're a multi-million-dollar business, and you know, they got some good stuff going on. Well, they they weren't watching the books, and all of a sudden they're bleeding millions—literally millions of dollars, right? And now it's like, oh my good gosh, what are you gonna do? So, what of course is the answer? The answer is those people that have worked so hard for us and been loyal to us—we're gonna let them go. We got to let them go because we screwed up. We got to go and let them go. So now they're, they've done that. And now, with, you know what they're waiting for now? The next step? What about those people that are really scared and they're going to jump ship because of us confidence? Da, 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 that's starting to go on. Now. now they're worried about the afterburn, the after fallout. And he was talking to me, how do I, how do I keep that from happening? What am I going to do now? But part of that whole deal is Man, at some level, you got to man up. You got to take over, you know that whole thing about we talked about mere culpa. That's hard.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: But you got to do it.
0: <laughs> you you got to do it. You've got to face it up and and be courageous and you know say yeah, this is this is our fault. What can we do to fix it? You know, and this is a company. I I, already, I know what company you're talking about. There's a company already had a 29% turnover rate. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. double the industry standard and because they would not open you know they're in this little sea level silo mm-hmm. everything that goes on around them is lovely you know inside the silo anything on the outside they weren't paying attention to um,
1: and, and it's interesting it's not like it's a really bad company they do a lot of things really yeah. well Perfect. extraordinarily yeah. well and yet at the same time there's this big blind spot um there's another company, you know, um, that I'm working with right now. Terrible, terrible leadership. And here's the thing that we also want to discuss. It's it's this. It, it, it can look like it's just a matter of letting X number of people go. All right. Just, well, sorry about that. We feel bad. We do feel bad about that. And we wish we didn't have to do that. But my, my friends, it is a lot deeper than that. These people when they're let go or having been in a toxic uh, culture, they can be scarred for life. You know, not for life, for years and years. They can carry that th- those wounds around for a long, long time. And, and they're real. This one gal that uh, was even a different organization. Um, she's one of those people that went there and she went there, I think, with real dedication. I love what you guys do. I love what you're all about. I want to be part of it. I'm going to put my heart and soul into it and I'm going to give it my all. She's now gone 180 and she is bitter. She is resentful. She is angry. She just, she she. it's almost as now what she'd like to do is she's so angry, so full of rage. She just loved to sabotage the whole organization. That's what poor leadership can do. It can twist people. Yes. And that's a sad thing. That is not a good thing. So you as leaders, it's, it's important for you to really get what you know culture is all about, cultural transformation. It is about changes. Richard's talking about here. Absolutely. It's about dynamic change. It's just not change about whatever. And it certainly isn't dancing around the politics of the office. But the other part of that, the other side of that is accountability. Yeah, accountability. That words, that's where it really becomes a real, you know, vibe, yeah. Right? Yeah. And
0: where does that start? Where does that accountability need to start?
1: Right. Numero uno. That's right. You want to be the chief. You're the chief. You're the one.
0: Yeah. So how can we? How can we fix this, Michael? What are some of the ways that companies can fix this?
1: Let's be honest, and you know, that's really where it starts. It, it, you got to get honest with yourself, and let me let me say this: You got to grow a spine. You got to be willing to say, "I'm going to look at hard things. I'm going to look at difficult things. I want to know the truth, no matter what it may be." It it probably is not as bad as you fear it might be. On the other hand, it's probably not as good as you think it really is. And so what we do is we do a cultural assessment. Let's get everybody's input in it. Let's take a look at what's really going on at all levels. No matter how long you've been there or how short a period of time you've been there, let's go take a look and really look at what's going on and have a deep, specific, detailed look at it. It is only there, not only will you find the weaknesses in your organization, but more important, you're going to find patterns. Yes. Patterns throughout the organization that's gonna tell you what's really going wrong and those key players that are holding back or even perhaps sabotaging your organization and you think maybe they're great but maybe there's something wrong but you're not quite sure. But until you get this data, until you get the statistics coming in, you don't know. And because you don't know, you are really vulnerable. You can be hurt, your organization can be hurt and I guarantee you, your people are being hurt. So that's, that's where you start. Yeah. Let's go do the let's do the culture survey. Let's find out what's really going on. And from there, let's come up with a better plan.
0: Absolutely. You know, some of the things that that I've been seeing is especially with a lot of MA, you know, there's companies buying up other companies and whatever. And when this happens, a lot of times a company who buys the other company figures that it's we have, you know, we're gonna do this our way now. Yeah. Okay, so what happens is without really learning the previous culture or what made the other company successful to begin with, or the people in that company, what made them tick, you create these geographical silos. And we're talking about communication silos, but geographical silos, you know, they arise from, you know, not wanting to collaborate or thinking my way is the best way, yeah. not really looking at it. Departmental silos. You know you start developing these departmental silos project silos technology silos information silos all these internal silos start going up and you know the way to fix this is to knock those silos down and realize that you have to develop everything as a team you know when you merge companies it's not this way is the best way and it's not this way is the best way but let's talk together let's work and build this culture together Let's find out what was the best between, you know, let's take the best of what we have and build this culture around it. Build it, you know, the people who really want to continue and make this thing work, build those teams. Um, You know, we work in a world, it's, it's, you know, it's increasingly complex organizations, organizations increasingly complex. Everything is intertwined. Everything is interconnected. And if you do not understand that and fail to, interconnect and intertwine everybody in their organization and these collaborative teams and continue to build your silos, you eventually those silos aren't coming down. And when they do, it's they're going to crash hard. Another thing that we look at is, you know, I, I've seen is people hiring for culture fit. You know, they're looking for someone that's going to fit their culture versus someone who's going to add to their culture. Who has that potential we talked about, you know, the potential to really help us get to that next level. But instead, we're going to hire someone that fits who we think it should be. Somebody just like us. Exactly. Someone just like me who's, you know, likes to do this or likes to do that. Folks, that's an incredibly outdated recruitment strategy. Get rid of it. It's going to cost you top talent, it's going to cost you the people who really have the ability to come in and make you. You know, take you to that next level and you never know who that person is going to be. But if they, you don't think they're going to fit your current culture, you know, you're going to lose out on a lot of things. You know, here's the thing. Cult- culture is, is it's not a one and done deal. It's not, right. you know, even after you address the problems you have in your company, if you think, well, we address it, we're good. We've got this great company now. You know, culture is awesome. And you don't continue to engage your employees or do these assessments that we can help with to get employee engagement and find out where your employee gauge engagement sits. Again, it doesn't matter how much good good you did in this one and done deal. It's going to collapse. It's not change. It's called change leadership. It's the ability to pivot. It's the ability to change as the world needs you to change or or take on a, a project and collaborate and get this done that you may not have even thought possible before.
1: That's that whole thing if if leadership won't change, then we'll change leadership.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll leadership. They'll go, they'll leave you. They'll find somebody who can do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it needs to move out of that predatory kind of takeover stuff and the reason is it's not that it's obviously the, the company that's being taken over, they had some problems. You don't really, maybe you do know the deep stuff. Maybe you don't, but it's, it's more about, you know, you've got talent there in that organization and to just think, well, we're going to just do whatever and not really apprise the situation or really evaluate it. Um, you may be throwing away some great people there that can make all the difference. It's that whole thing of leaders. When you don't accept feedback, Okay, but you may be missing out on stuff that you you need to know exactly, that will make all the difference in you moving forward with with your organization. And you stop it because you just don't wanna hear it. Same thing as when you don't evaluate talent carefully. You may be throwing away the very people at some point down the line, the next three months, six months or a year that you could desperately, you could use right then and there. There's not an endless amount of talent, especially people who are truly talented. There's just so many of them, and the best companies go after them
0: absolutely. And it's the ones who have the heart. And it's not so much the skills and talents or a resume. you know that's you know we've talked about this, Michael, because we do this. We do this helping others, and this is something we've done for a long time. Resumes are really an indication of what you've done in the past. It's your past performance, but it, it that it, it's gonna take somebody. To recognize that performance and recognize their potential, not just what's on a resume, because, you know, it may not be the re- best resume in the world. But if you talk to this person and recognize that talent and that heart and that potential, bring them on. And like you said, you roll that into future performance. Yeah. yeah. You know, that benefits everybody. That's really what it's about. And, That's you know, right. so many people are missing the boat. They're missing it you know and, and 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 in the end we get these these are some of the results of neglected culture across the board if you neglect these signs then you know prepare to fail
1: next time we have our our next podcast let's talk about what it means to have employees that are genuinely excited to come to work absolutely Genu- and why is that why what in that, in that leadership and that culture has created this kind of excitement, this kind of passion, this kind of engagement? I just, I can hardly wait to get back to work. It sounds a little crazy, but there are those people that say, and genuinely so, I'm excited to go to work. I'm excited to see my coworkers. I'm excited to see my boss. I'm excited to be there. Of course, I want to go home, but I have someplace that I'm excited to go to because it gives me a chance to do Dot, 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 dot.
0: To, to be who I am, to show them what I can do. Exactly. Everybody likes that success. You bet.
1: Hey, yeah, it's the greatest it's the greatest way to live your life, greatest place to work. All right, let's wrap this up. Go okay. ahead.
0: Once again, thank you very much. I'm going to give a big shout out right now to folks in New Zealand, our, our New Zealand listeners. You know, we've got these uh, great uh, Folks in New Zealand that have been downloading our podcast and supporting us, so here's here's a big thanks to you from from us tonight. And I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, good, bad, ugly, whatever you think, comment. You know, we want to hear you. We you know, we want to you know, that's what it's about. Let's open up some uh, you know some dialogue around this. Let's you know work on some things that that's that's what it's about right is that dialogue opening up that communication so once again thank you everybody for joining us Uh, we appreciate your time appreciate your support and again take care be safe we'll see you again next time all the best with all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today you need executive coaching more than ever Go to our websites, com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, This is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.